Hello, just to say that we had a few technical difficulties during this podcast. Um, the audio quality is not as good as we would have liked and there were a few background noises. So just a little warning. Um, hope you enjoy and hope you're all keeping safe out there. Do you remember what I used to say? Every day is a school day. <laughs> <laughs> not and really. Like, fuck's sake, Philip, let's stop saying that. Like a cartoon character. Having like, a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Basically. already <laughs> Basically. The thing is, I got it from someone else. And I also uh... keep saying it because I want it to be one of those things that my kids are like, oh, do you remember when mum always used to say every day is a school? <laughs> That's really lame. <laughs> I'm doing this for my kids. Yeah. I'm doing it for my kids. <laughs> Slash my legacy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, but like you say, like it's such a boring legacy. Mum always used to say, every day's a school day. Aww, what is she like? <laughs> exactly, that's how I picture it. That is how I picture it. Yeah. <laughs> There's me. I always pick up phrases that other people use. Like, mm. um, I met up with a friend a little while ago, and to everything, she just said, yeah, baby. And then after that, it was just like, <laughs> someone asked you a question, like, yeah, baby. That is a fun response to things. It is fun. It's just like, everything's chill. Yeah, baby. Life is fun. Oh, okay, then. Hello, this is Greater, Stronger, Wiser. Two overthinking musicians. I'm Philippa. And I'm Hannah. And we're doing a series of podcasts in which we have deep chats about music, life and other things. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or if you have any questions, let us know. You can find our details in the bio below. It'll be quite like a sedate start to the podcast, won't it? Like, yeah, this is serious. I think that's cool. We can always, we can see what sounds. Yeah, I think so. But that's us, though, isn't it? We're a bit, yeah, we're a bit, we're chill. Yeah, we're yeah. chill. I was finding it so funny in the in that um talk. He talks about um, like how him and Alicia they start they started talking like the first time they met mm. they like didn't have any small talk and they just went straight mm. into the tragedy of existence <laughs> and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> I, I know, feel like right? that a lot of the time same it's like yeah let's just cut the crap in it let's yeah. like get into it I can't get be bothered I really can't be bothered with small talk it actually makes me feel almost like uncomfortable yeah no I think I I think that's where my social anxiety came from oh, really? from before it's just like this like this nervousness of being like gosh now I have to like do all this small talk with all these people Mm. that I don't know who don't know me and it's just Mm. awkward it's just oh yeah small talk is gross man small talk is gross there's there's sometimes something quite freeing about it like it's quite nice at a party when you kind of like I don't know you're like going around to different people and you're just chatting about like just I don't know random but you, stuff there's comfort really... in the small talk when it's yeah. people that you know you know when it's like yeah you actually don't have that much to catch up on so that's like true. let's just it's easier when it's people that you know like you're not trying to prove anything or yeah, that's anything is i think that's when it's that's when i'm like oh small talk yeah fine whatever let's just like yeah. chat whatever yeah but it's in those situations where you go into a situation where you don't know anyone or you don't know yeah. people that well mm. and then you're having to do all this small talk. You're like, yeah. Oh. It's so exhausting. I find it more exhausting than, like, big chats. Mm. 
because of big mm-hmm. chats I can just let my mind like just blurt, just like blurt yeah. stuff out yeah. there's a small talk I'm like oh that's really nice it's really nice to hear about tell me yeah. more about your grandma I know. You know when as girls we do that thing like, oh my gosh, that dress is so pretty. Yeah, and like, yeah. And just like, I don't want to so tell fake. all these people how pretty their dresses are. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, don't care about your dress. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I'm like, yeah, it's a nice dress, but like, can we talk about? But then, but then at the same time, at the same time, like, I actually don't want to get into anything with you either. Mm, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's a it's a lose lose situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lose lose just stay in your room just stay in your room <laughs> I'm, like, I'm actually just gonna stay at home yeah <laughs> that's what I've decided what a nice what a nice conclusion to that <laughs> I'm Don't just go gonna stay just stay at home just stay scary. at home <laughs> talk unless to your mum <laughs> yeah exactly unless it's your friends and your family just stay at home yeah <laughs> okay empathy let's talk about yes. empathy empathy um, Philippa sent me a talk with Alain de Botton um, mm-hmm. and Alicia Akambi. Yeah, it's on Al Jazeera. You can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent it to me, what, a few weeks ago now. Um, yeah. And it's about empathy and, yeah, it's kind of like unscripted. They talk about a whole lot of things, but a lot of it's about empathy. Um, and so, yeah, we thought we'd do an episode kind of talking about what we took from that and then our own experiences of empathy and our own thoughts on it Mm. um so yeah I don't know if you want to go first Phil and talk a little bit about um what you took from that talk if that's not too big a question (laughs) I mean it is a really big conversation isn't it I think it is it really taught me the importance of humility because that mm. first line mm. that first line that Alan mm. have I said it right yeah I think Alan so. we're saying how mm. James Corden said it so <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely asked beforehand yeah James yeah. Corden we can't ask it. Alan so we, we can't trust, we trust James Corden <laughs> exactly exactly so Alan forgive us if we're saying it wrong but <laughs> So he, the first thing that he says is the route to kindness is knowing that you are sinful. Mm, mm. And I was like, whoa, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. totally. Because you have to get to that space of yourself being like, I ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. I am not perfect here. Mm. And I think a lot of us function from, when we're not kind, we function from a place of putting expectations on other people, being like, "You need to be mm. X, Y, Z." Because I, when I look back at times that I've been really unkind, it's when I'm expecting other people to be perfect, and mm. I think that comes from a place of myself thinking I've nailed it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it comes from a space of like, "Well, I've nailed it. You haven't nailed it. You yeah. need to nail it." Yeah. And actually, yeah. when you realise that you haven't, when you realise that you're sinful. When you mm. realise that you're mm. not perfect, mm. you have to have grace for other people, don't you? Mm. You have to. And when you do do that, it opens up. Mm. It it does open up a world of beauty and mm. getting to know someone that you would have never really got to know before. Mm. You know, Definitely. And, to... and yourself, I think. I mm. think you, as soon as you think 
I don't know, it's such a freeing thing, just thinking, okay, I don't, I don't have to be perfect, and actually, I make mistakes, but the mistakes themselves don't have to be the defining characteristic, like, my defining mm-hmm. characteristic can be about forgiving myself and understanding where those mistakes came from, and how mm-hmm. I can be better, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, I think that's so freeing, and I think, as soon as you let go of that need to be perfect and that need for other people to be perfect, you can just live in such a different way. Mm. Um, yeah, that accepts yourself and other people. And I think, I think shame and guilt have such a big part to play in all of that because mm. I think, like, when you think about, you know, this, the thing that you wish you hadn't said or the thing you wish you hadn't done, I mean, we all have so many examples Mm-hmm. that we of our within ourselves and those feelings are it's that shame isn't it it's mm-hmm. that thinking like oh I shouldn't have I shouldn't have thought that I shouldn't have said that mm-hmm. and something else that is really nice that they talk about in the talk is like everyone is just weird everyone has mm-hmm. weird thoughts and mm-hmm. we're all like strange and vulnerable and eccentric in our own ways and yeah. as soon as we accept that and we accept that other people are like that too mm-hmm. then things don't seem as shameful or scary I think yeah yeah I think we all put ourselves under way too much pressure mm-hmm. I think we put ourselves under this we we put ourselves under the microscope mm-hmm. and then we project that onto other people as well mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so when we when we put ourselves under the microscope, mm-hmm. it you know the, there's that whole saying you know do unto others as you have them do to you, and like, if you're constantly putting yourself under this immense pressure and not giving yourself a break, you're not going to give other people a break. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually like give yourself a break and enjoy. And enjoy the weird aspects of yourself. Yeah. Like, enjoy those aspects of yourself, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And find people who enjoy them as well. Yeah, I totally. Think, I think sometimes the people that we make relationships are a reflection of how we treat ourselves on the inside. Mm-hmm. So, like, how the people that we choose to to be around us, you know, if people mm-hmm. are unkind or they're abusive or controlling I think that's kind of can be a reflection of what's going on in your own head those Mm -hmm. unkind voices um Mm -hmm. that you then seek out to because you you know you need that to function Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and you know I'm not at all saying anyone chooses that I think we're all shaped by our experiences and yeah you know if you've grown up with that then that's how that's what you're going to seek out um Mm But I think, I think, yeah, finding people around you who are, who you're able to talk, talk about those things with, who accept you for who you are, and Mm. they don't shut things down, Mm. you know, like, something else that's really nice in this talk is he talks about, um, about friendships, and he says that friendship begins when you're able to be vulnerable with somebody else. And you're able to stop having those barriers of, you know, needing to appear strong or needing to, like, get respect from other people or have power. Mm. And it's like, 
if you're able to sit down with somebody and say, you know, I felt really scared today or I felt really lonely or I right now I feel sad. Mm. I think that's that's what friendship is, isn't it? And I think mm-hmm. I think not and you know, a lot of people don't have that. No. Um and I think that's that especially makes me really sad. I know, me too. Me too. I think that's yeah. especially hard for men. Mm. Um from from so knowing men myself. True. Some men. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there are so many barriers for them. I read yeah, um yeah. How Not to Be a Boy by Robert Webb, which I would <gasps> That's on oh my god. It's amazing. It changed my perception of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And of all the things that I've learnt to find scary about men, like mm-hmm. all those things, like the power, the control, the kind of status, the kind of fear around some men mm-hmm. um, that, you know, some women experience and that you're kind of taught to look out for as a girl, you know, you're taught to... Um, watch out for the boys who are nasty to you because they probably like you Mm. like all of that kind of stuff and it just flipped it on its head and it was coming from where that comes from and you know he talks about it in the Alan talks about it in this talk as well Mm -hmm. saying that actually those things come from a place of insecurity and fear Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not being able to be vulnerable if you're a bully you have to keep up this pretense of being strong and scary but it that's because most likely you've experienced some abuse that's made you feel small mm. and that's made you feel vulnerable and you're rejecting that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in order to feel safe and I think being vulnerable with people is probably the hardest thing that that you can do really in that in that um situation yeah it um, is super it is a it's a really brave thing to do to be vulnerable. Mm, yeah. You've got to be really brave to be vulnerable because you don't know how people are going to respond. You have yeah, no idea yeah, how people are going to respond. Yeah. yeah. And some people don't respond in the best ways, but mm. I think what I've got from this is that a lot of people actually are craving vulnerability. You yes. know, they're craving people to be vulnerable around them. Yes. Like a lot of people, there are some people who aren't going to respond you know yeah. in the right way but I think mm. so many for those for that minority mm. that's most of us we are all looking for someone mm. to have a meaningful connection mm. with you know mm. we're all looking for someone that we can say oh my gosh I feel that way too yeah yeah <laughs> you know oh my gosh that's going on inside your head too you know yeah for men so many of them open up to women mm. and talk about these things but actually mm. And then we, you know, a lot of us end up bearing this burden. Mm. Well, not burden, I don't know if that's fair, but, like, we end up carrying a lot of what they're going through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's actually, best... sorry, go on. No, no, you go, you go. No, I was just going to say, but we end up carrying it, but, like, we don't, we we cannot understand what they're going mm. through. Mm. They need other men to be, uh, to yes. open up and say, yes, yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Han? No, I was just going to say, I, I think you're really right. And I think I, I'm i so privileged in this respect in that I've always had parents who've listened to me um, mm. and have made me feel heard. 
Um, one thing in particular that my parents did, which I think has really helped me in this respect, is they, they've always talked to me like I'm an adult. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they've always asked me, what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? Um, mm-hmm. What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. And because of that, I've, you know, not only felt respected in that I have an opinion of my own, yeah. but also felt like I was able to be vulnerable about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um and although, you know, that doesn't always work out when you're a teenager or whatever, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think it's it's continued to serve me. And I don't, I, I find it the easiest thing in the world, like doing yeah. this, talking talking about like my innermost thoughts and feelings. I can no. honestly like feel like I could say anything. No, totally. I'm, yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't agree. feel scary, yeah. Mm. But for so many people, I can see that that's just one of the most terrifying things mm. ever and I mm. won't I won't ever understand that mm. um yeah yeah yeah, and, is, I, yeah. and I guess that's that's what empathy is isn't it it's trying to sit down with that person and trying to be in that space with them and imagine what that's like um mm. I was just talking to my sister before before this and she was saying that there's a really helpful um, tool that Brené Brown uses where she talks about the difference between sympathy and empathy and mm-hmm. she talks about sympathy being someone looking down on someone else in a hole saying, oh yeah, that looks hard <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. sympathy and then empathy is someone getting a ladder and going down and sitting with them in that mm-hmm. hole and experiencing it with them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like not always having the answers to what mm. people are saying. Yes, I think yes. that's the I think that's another barrier for people who struggle with vulnerability. They think that someone's yeah. going to try and explain away their feelings. Yes, and what we need to remember is that we are all always constantly explaining away our feelings. Like I do it on a regular basis. I'm like I feel things. I'm like okay, now I need to like think through logically why I'm feeling this yeah. like, it's a feeling yes. <laughs> don't add logic to it hun yes. like, do you yeah. know what I mean it's like just feel it but yeah for so many people who aren't used to externalizing those things yeah gosh we are such externalizers <laughs> <I know. laughs> um but people that aren't used to externalizing those thoughts they're used to that internal monologue mm. that t- internal conversation where it's like I feel this I think I feel this because of this I think I feel this because of this mm. thing and it's actually like they, what they need is to just be able to say it mm. and not have someone try and explain it away. Yes, yeah. I'm really sorry. There's a bee trapped in my in the conservatory just next to me. I'm just nice. going to try and rescue it. I'll be one second. Nice. <laughs> Mate, I love that. All is well. Oh, good, good. <laughs> the bee is free. <laughs> Happy days, happy days. I yeah, feel so. like I'm constantly doing that at the moment. They're always coming in. There are so many spiders' webs and, like, yeah, stressful. Yeah, anyway. spiders, I was sat in the garden, spiders were just basically making a freaking web around me. I was like, guys. <laughs> They're trying to eat you. Eat me and laugh. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Do your very best. Oh, what were we talking about? Um, Empathy. And yes. we were talking about Brene Brown's Brene Brown's mm, method. Yes. Someone else that I find really helpful is a woman called Nadia Botsweber. Mm. And um, she's this amazing uh, woman who like, 
started her own church, Blood by the Black. Um, mm. You should definitely check her out. I'm never bothered her. But I went to see her at Greenbelt last year, mm. and she said she's no longer going to be the person that just, like, sits in a group and just waits. She's like, screw it, I'll go first. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, oh, that's really brave, because, like we were just saying before, people want it. People yeah. want yeah. to feel understood and to feel yeah. that connection. Yeah. So... Like I've been challenged more and more recently. I'm like, screw it, I'll go first. Mm. I'm just gonna be that person that's like, okay, yeah, this is hard. You know, yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is difficult. Or yeah. oh yeah, I, feel, I had this really weird thought the other day. Am I a weirdo? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I have weird thoughts too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, like or you know, just like those little things yeah. when you. And I've always found those people when you're a, whenever you are at a gathering or a party, and that person mm. who's just unapologetically honest mm. about the their weirdness you're like yeah. you're really nice to be around yes yeah you know yeah I think people can think that's quite unattractive like I think lots of people say oh like she talks a lot or he talks a lot mm-hmm. about, about their personal stuff mm-hmm. and like as if it's something that's like oh you want something someone mysterious who can't mm-hmm. express how they feel and they're like a kind mm-hmm. of statue in the corner of the room mm. <laughs> it's yeah it's funny it is weird, and I think I think that comes from a place of. I mean, this mm. is just my understanding. Like, whenever I found those people uncomfortable, like when I, mm. I've I've often not been in a good place myself, sure. and I found those people uncomfortable because I'm like, ugh, annoying. But actually, it's yeah. really just I I wish I had the confidence yeah. or jealousy. the ability to. Yeah, it is jealousy. It's like I wish I had, I wish I knew myself well enough mm. to be able to say exactly what I'm mm. thinking and feeling. Like. Because I think whenever I felt annoyed by those people, it's usually when I'm not really understanding my own self. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I, why can't I tap into that yeah. element of myself? Like, why yeah. can't I tap into that yeah. level of authenticity? Mm. You know, I guess there are like fine lines to play there as well. If you are somebody in that situation who is talking a lot about yourself, I guess mm. there are a few things. Like, one, I think there are some people who talk to further conceal so you're talking Mm. about maybe you're talking about yourself a lot but it's nothing real and it's to avoid questions and it's a method learned to not have to talk about real stuff yeah so people will be on a mile a minute about some kind of train journey they had where Mm. it was all crazy (laughs) and then you Mm. ask them I don't know. Oh, how did that feel? That must have been like really chaotic or really intense. Mm. And it's like, poor, just gonna completely bat that question away and go on to mm. another topic. Mm. So I guess it's one thing, like that it can often yeah. be you can seem like you're open, but you're really not. Yeah, and then yeah. another thing, I think, I think you can be so open and talk about yourself so much that you're then not open to other people's vulnerabilities and you're not necessarily doing it for connection. It's for kind of a, I don't know. I don't know what it's for. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. I think um, it's just, yeah, when you're trying to be, yeah, when you're trying to be empathetic and connect with people, I think you can sometimes lose that balance um Mm. if you're always meeting up and you're going to the pub and you're always talking about like I don't know sports or um like just random innocuous things like Mm -hmm. I think like the first step is to bring really slowly bring in like 
a topic of conversation that's like just a little bit deeper like okay maybe mm. you could talk about politics you find these kind of topics that you can then channel your own feelings through and that yeah. can be a safe way to reveal little bits about about yourself mm. and then slowly tiptoeing into a into a world where you're then able to say oh I found that quite hard or I found yeah um I found this week really challenging because because of those things that were going on mm. and that enables the other person to then share their experience and then slowly you're kind of working out this balancing thing mm-hmm. of like edging your way into this world mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because I think doing that for a lot of people can seem like just a jump you know a leap in the dark yeah. it can seem like I you know just so scary um I think it can trigger an anxiety response in lots of people yeah. um, oh, totally. especially yeah. when they're not used to it yeah not absolutely lot, you know because it is you are stepping in that's that's what vulnerability is you're stepping mm. into a space that mm. isn't a comfort zone yeah yeah you know you're and so yeah you're right it can trigger an anxiety response because mm. you have no idea have no mm. idea how it's going to be received yeah yeah and and a lot of the times those things are very personal aren't they yes yeah and I think yeah it, it's up to each individual situation to know how safe it is to be vulnerable and I think if you're used to being in unsafe situations it's a lot harder and sometimes you might try and reveal something about yourself in an unsafe situation yeah. um, and it maybe doesn't go to plan um, or it maybe backfires and I think <laughs> that can be really scary um, but it's about finding finding the right people to do that with thinking about someone that you already trust and about yeah. how you can develop that friendship yeah. um or that relationship you I mean you can do that in a professional sense as well with a counsellor therapist yeah. or if you're a religion religious person with your vicar or priest or whatever yeah, yeah I mean I highly recommend therapy mm. as a good place mm. to start because um you just learn mm. um how to put those boundaries up in the first place mm. before broaching it with someone that is in your life in a more in a more regular way mm. because especially when it's someone that's in your life in a more regular way it's actually it's harder to escape those feelings that you felt before when you opened up to that person right whereas mm. with a therapist you have like monthly meetings or week you know fortnightly meetings where you can open up and you know this person mm. you know this person is meant to be impartial Mm. Um, but supportive and helpful and give you insight into how to deal with your thoughts, feelings and emotions and and also give you tools to know, actually, maybe you should be careful when you're opening up to that person, you know. I don't mm. know. I've definitely had... Ah, oh, man, I had the best therapist ever in the world and I miss oh. her so much. But I remember her being really helpful to me like because I would say things that were on my mind and then she'd be like, well, I want you to think about is because I you know like struggling with my faith and struggling with relationships with mm. people I'm like she's like does Jesus really say that though I'm like I thought he did I was like mm. I think you need to think about that again like 
And then the same things that certain friends had said to me. And she said, I don't think that's the kind of thing for your friends to have said to you. Mm. You know? And you had that from someone that hasn't met yeah. this person. Yeah. So they're not judging them. No. They're simply saying, I don't think that was a kind thing for that person yeah. to say to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think... I think that's why therapy is just so important because yeah. then you get that person who's not that they are for you, but they're not mm. like picking sides. Like if you mm. went to another friend and you're like, this person said this, you know, like therapy is just so important for that. Mm. Um, and even in terms of how we like other close relationships that we have with people mm. that, you know, have affected us in a way for so long, mm. going to therapy can unpick what is helpful and unhelpful in those relationships and and helping us have empathy for those people as well. Mm. Like, therapy is so good in terms of having empathy for yourself, but having mm. empathy for those people that may have hurt you. Yes. Um, and maybe hurting you right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I highly, highly recommend yeah. it for everybody and anyone because we're all... We all know people mm. and we all are in relationships with people and people treat us, we have difficult relationships, not 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 with everybody, but like mm. we all have relationships with people and those affect us in different ways. Mm. I think it's important to have someone that is impartial to talk to about those yeah. things and and even the ways in the, in the ways that we, we treat people, like I think some of us need to go like after looking at, you know what's been happening this past week I'm like I think <laughs> I'm like I think every white person needs therapy yes <laughs> to understand like whiteness is a problem and like you yeah. know I think yeah. you need a lot of therapy to um, yeah. I think a lot of people are shocked by it I think mm. I'm seeing a lot of people shocked by it and shocked by their own mm. experience of things mm. and I think that's how I'm how I'm finding empathy in it I'm like Okay, for some people, they've never had to deal with this before. They've never yeah. had to think about this before. Yeah. Um, and now it's because we're all in quarantine, we're all, you know, everyone's a, more active on social media, so it's in everyone's face mm. all the time, yes. more constantly. Yeah. And so a lot of people who have never really engaged this before, because this has been happening for a really long time, everyone, mm. Mm. <laughs> FYI. Um, but because now everyone's just seeing it more visibly yeah and feeling it more viscerally I think yeah it's because a lot of people are having to face things that they've never had to face yeah. before yeah and you don't just deal with that in a week's time you know like mm. I think a lot of work needs to be done and I think part of that work is therapy mm. um, and there is no shame in that either like no there's there's no shame in it because no you you experience healing and you actually can treat people better because of it mm. I like, when I was saying before like when I used to be when I feel as though I used to be quite an unkind person like I think a lot of that work a lot of my unkindness was mm. a, was a lack of me fully understanding myself and actually going through therapy was just like oh okay I can now have empathy because I have I understand what accessing empathy feels like and looks like because of having an amazing therapist who mm. That's what a therapist does. They don't they don't look down and be like, that's a hard situation. They sit in the hole with you. Yeah. And I think uh, just a couple of things I want to come back on there. I think um I just want to pick up on when you said having empathy for people in our lives who maybe would have been unkind to us or we're in difficult relationships with. I think there's a really important thing about having empathy for those people, but not that doesn't mean you condone the behaviour. Mm, like yeah, you can yeah, separate yeah. you can separate your understanding of where perhaps where that's come from for that person 
but that doesn't mean that you then say oh okay we let you off and I think that's what Mm. scares a lot of people about Mm. understanding you know these people who we label as evil or psychopaths or like you know people Mm. with these labels on they're all humans as well they've Mm -hmm. all had experiences Mm -hmm. and they've all had their own traumas Mm-hmm. Um, and as they said in the program, um, I think it was Alicia that said it. Um, they're all living mm-hmm. through their own personal health. So. Yeah, I've, I've got that noted down too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're and all think, living through our own personal health. Yeah. yeah. And I think like you don't you don't need to. You can you can understand and you can forgive, but you don't necessarily then have to let someone off. You know, if you're Mm-mm. in an abusive relationship or you know you've got a really difficult time with somebody who's close to you mm-hmm. you can perhaps understand where some of those things are coming from but that doesn't mean you can't say that that's wrong um mm. yeah so that's one thing I want to come back on and then I think another thing was I think therapy can seem like such a scary concept for so many people like mm-hmm. I think it's such a barrier and I would I would recommend if you know if that feels too much for you I'd recommend a few different books um which I can put links to in the bio um and the best one I think is called counseling for toads no counseling mm. counseling for toad toads I can't remember um but it's about like it basically just gives an introduction to some of the ideas that you might explore and you can kind of like you know it's that idea of you know self-help has a bad (laughs) rep but I Mm. think if some of those things are so scary that you don't want to quite yet explore them with another person Mm -hmm. you can start exploring that yourself totally you can go on your own personal journey with things like that um Mm -hmm. but I think you know those things can be so powerful in starting to think about just starting to analyze the interactions in your life um and starting to think deeply about how we're all influenced by by previous things that might be ha- might have happened in our lives and um, mm-hmm. by things that are going on right now. Oh yeah, another thing I wanted to come back on. Sorry, <laughs> um, was just this thing about um, yeah about when we're talking about what's hap- what's been happening this week with Black Lives Matter. So in the in the talk, Alicia says that she won't allow these people. Um, people, you know, racist people, the privilege mm-hmm. of her seeing them as evil. Mm-hmm. So she she sees that as kind of letting them off the hook, because mm-hmm. you don't then analyze the behavior, you don't then let that person um, be seen as a human. Because as soon as you say, "Oh, they're evil," you kind of just think, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, they're beyond the reach." But you're like, "Well, no, this is this this person was once a child. Yeah. This person yeah. was." once um you know they went to school they could have been someone in my class um Mm -hmm. and actually it's letting people off the hook when you when you use those terms yeah um and I think I would also extend that to you know this whole kind of idea of like calling people out Mm. which I think has its place um Mm -hmm. but I think it can it can stop a conversation of understanding where someone's coming from. And I'm not, you know, I'm not now saying that people of colour or white allies need to be doing all this because it's a lot of emotional work. Um, Mm. But I think, I think we can, we can stop these conversations from happening um, Mm. by just 
straight up saying you're wrong or you're mm. evil or you're bad. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know really who has the place in society to do that, except that I think we should all go on a little self-exploration and think about the ways in which we are prejudiced and the ways in which we could be better because we mm. all can be. Um, mm. And I think white people especially really need to step up in this yeah. time and get some self-education literally I would say so yeah. that people of color don't have to do all of this emotional work all the time mm. coming mm. with constantly explaining explaining all the injustices that happen every day every minute yeah it has been um I've had some <laughs> I've had some long and I've had some very short okay. <laughs> conversations with people okay. about this. As uh-huh. in short, as in I've I've just said my mind. Just because, you know, yeah. it, I'm tired. You know, we're yeah. all tired. Like, yeah. we're all sad. You know, like, we're yeah. sad and we're tired. Yeah. And so it's that thing of, like, I mean, you know, I every time I go on social media, I just cry again. You know, like, every time I look at something else, I'm just like, okay, cool. So I've just... Yeah. I'm crying again, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's it's sad for so many of us. Yeah. Um I was I I mean I, I'm blessed to like have friends who literally run the corner who are black and also go to church with me mm. and like we just sat yesterday for four hours. I was like, Oh my mm. gosh. But I mean, you know I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know I can talk. We all know. <laughs> Everyone, this is actually four episodes have been created out of one no I'm just kidding <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't one phone conversation but we did manage to get anyway I'm not going to ruin the surprise behind I'm not going to let you know how the sausage is made but um yeah it was, it was really we just sat and just it was it felt like grieving it felt like mm-hmm. I mean we, we've you know we've all been doing it in isolation but it was just so nice to be able to sit together and mm-hmm nice can I say nice but it was it was it felt so right and it felt so good to sit together yeah. and just be like yeah and vent in a way that we all understand yes yeah um because otherwise if I didn't have that mm. you know and for, for a really long time I haven't been able to have that like I just I'm gonna be really honest like I haven't always had like a solid um network of black friends like mm. actually I've, I have had like good black friends but it's not always been that close and that um, that immediate. Like I've always been in very white majority situations. Mm. And I think that's why I kind of went a bit stir crazy for a lot of my life. Cause I was like, am I just imagining this stuff happening yeah. all the yeah. time? Like, am I just imagining this? Like, am I just, am I just a crazy angry black friend mm. that these people know? Yeah. Um, and that everyone so, depicts you as as well. Yeah. Sassy, sassy, angry, loud black woman. Exactly. And so like, oh, gross. Oh. And so like, everyone's like, oh, Philip has got attitude. I'm like, oh, I like how much you. sass you have. I'm like, oh my god I'm not I, I'm not sassy think, because I'm I, for the for the for the fun of it it's like because you're inappropriate and yeah. I don't find it funny and like yeah I'm just not entertained by you no no sorry white middle class male I'm yeah. gonna call you Bob sorry Bob <laughs> that I don't find you funny sorry that I think that you're cute sorry that I don't sorry that I'm not here for you yeah do you know yeah. what I mean like sorry I'm Bob, not here to make down. you feel good about yourself exactly Bob it's not about you yeah. there are there are five there's a gaggle of girls over there go over to them yeah. like yeah. and they'll not give you any <laughs> sass my dear fuck <laughs> you Bob <laughs> honestly but it's just like no you go, yeah. you go it was I think if I didn't have that I think I would have gone mm. stir crazy because yeah. of people being like oh, what can we do to help, like, Philippa, 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 like, sad, sad, mm. sad, I'm like, 
okay, I'm, I'm sad that you're, I'm sad, okay? Mm. And I guess I should be grateful that you're, I don't want to be grateful that you're mm. sad. Like, this is a sad situation, mm. yeah. full stop. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to now start congratulating you. I'm not going to be like, thank yeah. you. I'm not going to be like, and I'm not, and I'm not going to give you a reading list. Like, you can Google yeah. this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google is free, as one of my yeah. friends <laughs> likes to say. It's like, Google is free. You do know that, don't you? You don't have to pay. And also, it's more Google. instant than Amazon. So yeah, like, just more do instant it. than asking you, like, constantly. Exactly. Like, you can't... I think it's then... Then it's the pressure of standing up for a whole race. Mm. It's like, you can't do that all the time. And also the fear of, like, getting stuff wrong. Like, I... Yeah. I I don't, I don't have the freedom to get my facts a little bit wrong mm. because then mm. as soon as I get my facts a little bit wrong, then I'm like, mm. oh, you've, you're lying then. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm not lying. It's just I'm under pressure yeah. to yeah. tell you all this information right here, right now. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not lying. It's just you didn't give me a break. Give me a yeah. break. Like, let us grieve. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, there are a few messages I have not replied to because I'm just like, and I, and I don't feel bad. I don't so feel bad about it. Have you got that many messages then? but to be fair they haven't been they haven't been questions quite a few of the messages have just been like checking in which is actually okay. really really kind that is it's nice. really kind yeah, it is really is kind nice. um and I do acknowledge the kindness um mm. and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that but mm. I guess it's it must be strange as well because like for you and for so many people this stuff is going on all the time have a basic understanding of that when you talk to people who were from those groups so that you're yeah. not making them re-explain so like you know like which ways are you dim- discriminated against in the UK day to day just tell me like how exactly does that happen like just google it <laughs> yeah exactly it's like just stop and it's, and it's actually really, it's kind of one of the unkindest things you could ever ask a black person yeah. to say like so tell me exactly what that looks like. Yeah. Tell me exactly Explain how that plays out. I'm like, yeah. Are you so you don't trust me? You don't believe yeah. me? Yeah. Is what is what is it? How it comes across? And you know, pe- maybe people are like, oh, I really don't actually understand my prejudice. So I really need you to explain mm. it to me. I'm like, is is me just not telling? Like, is is as if you're saying that that person's being oversensitive, mm. or you're saying that that person may be making it up, or you're mm. saying that person, you know, is it's like. Do you not see how I'm the only black mm. person in this room? You're yeah. telling me that this is because you're all so good at not being racist. Yeah. yeah. That I'm the only black person representing yeah. here. Yeah. Like, the fact that I'm the only black person here should be a signifier to you mm. that there's a problem. Yeah. Like, I don't, me telling you that, like, me having to say it. Yeah. Like, shouldn't be the first time that you realise it. Like, when you look around the room and you see only white people... You should be like, oh, this is a bit weird. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. And so I, I really find it frustrating when people ask that question. I'm like, oh, please yeah. tell me, like, exactly how, how does that actually play out for you? I'm like, mm. I'm bored. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, yeah. I've, I've had to, I've had to work through this. Like, I've done the work. I've gone to therapy. Yes. I've talked to my therapist about how I've had to deal with this shit. Like, now you do the work, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've done it. I'm yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Like, I've done it. Like 
I don't have to explain everything to you to make you feel better about mm. so that you so that you can assuage yourself from guilt. I find that when people are asking those questions, they're not mm. asking to know exactly what's done. Mm. Like they're asking to know what they haven't done. Yeah. Or they're asking to know like, oh, I didn't do that, so therefore I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're asking for you to kind of let them off. I think yeah. it's kind of like, oh, I've asked this question, so I'm obviously interested, and I'm mm. obviously I obviously care. So mm-hmm. tick and done. Yeah. And exactly. like. Yeah, and I think those questions can come across, I mean, I mean, I'm imagining that they come across as just patronising, just like, I don't know, like, oh, what are you making a fuss about over here in the corner? Mm. Like, mm. you're making a fuss about something, come on, entertain us, come on, let mm. us know. And it's just like, go away. <laughs> and I, I know, But I think it's hard because, like, we're, I think we're so much more, we're so... I think further behind than we think we are. We live mm. in our kind of, you know, especially you and me and probably other people listening to us. We mm. live in a social media bubble of like probably young people, pretty mm. diverse, like mm. all like mostly probably been through higher education. Um, mm. I'm making assumptions there, but um, mm. I think when you get out into the world and you talk to people, you realise how actually some of these conversations really aren't that developed and it's seen as a positive if you're asking those questions Mm. um and it's seen as oh like you're doing your bit kind of thing um Mm. which is really tricky because you think well a lot of those things are coming out of I would like to think someone trying to understand something I think there's a difference. You can tell when someone's coming from... Because I'm talking about university-educated people mm. who are, like, have read, like, read The Guardian and, like, right. classify themselves as, like, the liberal, like, the good liberals who don't do anything wrong um, because they believe in whatever. And it's just, like... And they're the ones that I find more problematic right. than people who actually haven't really had these conversations before because... And I don't, I don't want to now come across as patronising at all, but, like... Mm. I'm just trying to think about the conversations that my mum has mm. and it's different to the conversations that my brother and I are having because we both have different references. We mm. have different reference points, right? When you're constant, when you are surrounded by these reference points and you're asking those questions, I'm like, you don't really care. You're looking for a get out clause mm. here. You're looking for a way out to mm. not be guilty. Okay. Mm. You're looking for the not guilty stamp. Whereas from for someone else who actually, this is a, this is the wild west in terms of conversation for them in terms of mm. politics in terms of understanding other people you know when when it is for someone who actually i don't they don't engage in this conversation at all they haven't engaged in it like wouldn't touch it with a barge pole when they're asking those kinds of questions that i know like actually there's real work that's trying to be done here now people might disagree with me and be like no you're letting people off i don't but i i think it, there is a difference in terms of how certain people are approaching this conversation based on their experience. Mm. You know, there are certain people who are your Amy Cooper. You know, you know, she's your classic like person who, you know, your New York liberal who's your best friend at a dinner party, but then next thing you know, she's calling the cops on you. She's trying to get you murdered. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- these are the people that I have a problem with who mm. are who are like oh, I'm going to ask you the right questions. But then, like, mm. when we're at a dinner party and people are making weird and awkward jokes about other races, I'm just mm. going to laugh along. I'm mm. like, screw you. You don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. 
Like, you can ask me those questions now, but if you're going to be laughing when someone makes a joke about Asians at the dinner table, mm. then fuck you. Mm. Like, yeah. j- no, I'm not mm. having any of that. Yeah. Like, I'm not here for that. Mm. But when it's someone who actually has never experienced this kind of conversation, when it's, mm. some- when it's someone outside of that bubble, mm. someone that is outside of our sort of echo our echo chamber, when it's someone outside of our echo chamber... The, the questions have a different weight, mm. you know? They have a different meaning. I think people are often so afraid, and I totally understand why, of questioning those things. And I guess it comes from a lot of your own, often, people's um, insecurities and worries about speaking out. But I think it's, just, it's so important. Mm. Like, you're by doing that, you are lifting the weight off somebody else most likely a person of colour who's going to have to bear the brunt of whatever lies behind that comment in a different situation. Mm. If you're able to do that, I think it's so important. It's really scary. But, like, it's it's people's lives that Mm. are on the line here. And, no, I think it's really, really interesting what you said, um, Phil, just then. Um, Mm. I think... Yeah, these conversations are so complicated, but then also so not complicated. <laughs> mm. This is the thing that I want, I and I want to have empathy because I, like I yeah. just, um, Alicia said, mm. she doesn't want to give, she doesn't want to allow white supremacists the privilege to believe mm. that they are evil, right? Mm. Mm. Because, like you say, it lets them off the hook. So yeah. I, would, I'm not, and also it it reestablishes the powers like. You're evil, I'm a victim. It's like, yes, yes, we are oppressed mm. and we are. Excuse me. Oh gosh, sorry, I burped so much. I just burped then as well, snap. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is inequality, categorically, right? Yeah. But you, I'm not going to let you sit there and be like, oh, woe is me, I'm a bad person. Mm. Nah, hun, like. Don't sit there being like, woe is me, I'm a bad, I'm just evil, I'm just a bad person, yeah. like, or I just, I just had bad experiences, like, so have countless black people, yes. right, so have countless yeah. black people, they've grown up in difficult situations too, don't use that as an excuse. Yeah. no, no. Like, to murder them. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm. And yet, people like, George, I can't even talk about it, because it's going to make me really emotional, but like, yeah. I feel like I have to talk about it, because I want people to remember the kind of person that he is, like, yeah. he was out there fighting for people, yeah. fighting for young people, for young black men, for young black mm. people, to unite, and mm. to live in harmony, and to live more peacefully, and to get out of gun crime, and to get out of, he was being a, a minister to those young people, he was a mm. mentor to those young people, mm. encouraging them, out of their difficulty, out of that darkness that mm. so many people use as an excuse to be problematic towards... It's not even problematic. Problematic is such a weak word nowadays. Like mm. the, the excuses that people use to hurt other people, yeah. he was helping those young people get out of those situations. Yeah. He was not letting them use it as an excuse. He was saying, no, let's... Guys, let's be better. Let's do better. Yeah. That's who George Floyd was. It's like, don't use it as an excuse to say oh, well, I'm racist because I had a difficult upbringing. Mm. I, I'm, I am sorry. I, I'm not trying to 
minimize that you know I'm not I'm not trying to say like the fact that you had a hard upbringing is doesn't matter like Mm. it is it does it does shape who we are it does affect Mm. who we are does affect how we treat people Mm. but we can't keep using these things as an excuse yeah and I guess that's what that's what empathy is it's saying I'm sorry that happened to you but this you still behaved in this way and that is in no way acceptable it's not Mm. because as soon as you act in ways that are hurting other people maybe in a way that you've been hurt before you're you're just playing that out again you're playing out the abuses that you experienced Mm. on other people and that's not going to get you anywhere and I really hope that everyone gets the help they need yeah I really do hope that everyone gets the help that they need yeah I don't want to sit here and be like oh you had a hard life screw you like no actually I don't I don't want anyone to take that from what I'm saying I don't want anyone to hear that I want what I want people to hear is if you need help seek that help yeah yeah go get the help that you need yeah read that book that Hannah suggested and if you Mm. if you can afford it get therapy if Mm. and I think there are affordable therapy Mm. um there are uh, there is affordable counseling out there I think Mm. there are loads of organizations who are are trying to help or free therapies as well um I know we have something local to us that's free um I think the world would be a better place if we all had therapy and we were all able to examine these problematic things that go on Mm. within all of our heads you know Mm -hmm. goes back to kind of full circle we all have weird thoughts we all have scary thoughts Mm. if we're able to have people in our lives that we can be vulnerable with that we can express these with and we can feel safe in doing so Mm. then we can protect other people it's just so important in trying to live as a harmonious society um yeah i think yeah please everyone go yeah (laughs) please everyone go to go now (laughs) because because, yeah like you're saying like even if you're not i think sometimes when we're when we feel like when we're high functioning yeah it's so easy to miss those things yes that actually are quite damaging to other people you Mm. know when you're high functioning it's really easy to miss the ways that you are hurting other people Mm. yeah so i think i think everyone everyone <laughs> just get, I, think, I feel like that should be i feel like that should be given to us by the government oh, <laughs> i feel like yeah. the government should i think it should a therapist for everybody yeah i think it should be in school i think i oh my god agree. if i was education secretary i we would have great school systems i tell you no, <laughs> i'm here for it like i want george the poet to become prime minister and you oh, to become yeah. education secretary yeah thank you thank you what would you i'm be? here for all my all my all my all my pe- all my favorite people i'm like all you can peeps. be prime minister you can be education secretary <laughs> and I'm i'd queen. be the queen yeah <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> i'm the queen <laughs> basically now we're just like living out our childhood dreams like yeah i'm the queen and you're you're the prime minister and we rule the world and everything's lovely it's peace and joy and love amen yes um oh my gosh as if i'm so predictable i was like and i'd be the queen <laughs> what else are you gonna take wow gosh i'm so confused foreign secretary <laughs> <laughs> um i could be foreign secretary yeah or, to be fair no actually i want to be arts and i want to be oh, i yeah. screw the dcf whatever they call it now the d- digital culture media <laughs> sport 
We're going to have an arts and heritage um, minister. And have, well, and arts and heritage includes digital and media because that's part of our heritage, that's going to be part of the heritage of so many young people today, Mm. right? Like, heritage doesn't just have to mean old things. Like, heritage is what makes up the identity of that people group at the time, right? You know, and like, digital is part of that. Digital is part of our, it's part of our heritage. Mm. And it's going to be. so interesting. Part of the heritage of so many people that get get old. <laughs> we're, we're young now. It's gonna happen. It's going to happen. So, like, I would say arts and heritage. Can we also have a um a sector for pubs as well? Because and live music <laughs> because live music. Yes, I'm so sad about pubs now. I know, man. Um, I have to remember that there are more important things. Um, which there are, but every time I walk past a pub. That is closed. Yeah. It brings a tear to the eye. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think a lot of them. Oh, I don't know how we are going to survive. But they would have been included in the heritage <laughs> <laughs> of Britain. <laughs> That's part of our heritage, mate. That's Pubs. a really good speech, Philippa. Thank you. <laughs> so digital and pubs are part of our heritage. <laughs> And then arts, live music, you know, all these things we have to think about. I want, I want to be the head of that. I want to be the minister of that. I love how we literally just got from talking about like really intense like racism, like relations to you being the queen <laughs> and controlling the budget. Yes, 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 mate. But you're going to tell us about how schools going to be the best. <laughs> under your under your rule and reign yes <laughs> yeah uh, counseling and education i think we should all have sex and relationships therapy and mm. we should have in-depth sessions about how to be emotionally intelligent beings um and this actually comes back to the to the talk because he's created like a school of emotional intelligence Mm. Um, and how to teach it and he talks about it as something that you're not given but as a skill that you have to get good at Mm. um and you know we talk about um peace love and harmony and happiness Mm -hmm. I think we talk about those things as being naive ambitions for young people but what Mm. the hell is wrong with peace and love Mm. and happiness and Mm. And wanting the same for other people. I mean, peace is is the idea that you want other people to be safe and well and happy. Mm-hmm. And what what is wrong about that? What's naive about that? Mm-hmm. You know, you get kind of older people saying it's unrealistic and it's, yeah, naive. But I think it comes from a place of being empathetic and of opening yourself out to, to those things which can seem scary. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, we'd have an emotional intelligence class teaching people how to be kind to each other. Um, I love that. Yes. We'd stop having this bullshit about like, I don't know, like the loudest person in the class is the best. Um, Mm. So if you were always able to put your hand up, we would um, treasure the introverts in schools. Mm. Um, My dad is a... He's like an inspector for schools on their religious education. And that often includes like PSHE kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he read a book recently that was about um, uh, prioritising the introvert in school and how often they can get lost. 
Mm. And, you know, you're taught to be loud, you're taught to be confident, you're taught to be all these things. And actually, are those really the qualities that you need in life? Mm. Or what about the qualities of being sensitive and understanding? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I would then go on to argue to say that those things are gendered as well. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, so that's that's my vision. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've we've folk, we've we've sort of resorted to the fact like, oh, well, war happens. Therefore, war happens. Mm. Therefore, that's why peace is naive. But it's actually like. It's not naive. It's radical. Mm, mm. It's radical to say no. Let's let's focus more on an emotional intelligence rather yeah. than power, mm-hmm. right? Let's mm-hmm. focus more on how we look after one another mm. rather than how we exploit one another. Yes. Rather, because yeah. it's essentially what we le- what we're taught is like how do you get what you want from other people? Yeah. Yeah. But even when you think about networking, oh, I've been thinking about net. Well, not I haven't been thinking about networking. That word yet. makes me want to be sick. I know. And I think <laughs> about networking, and when you read all these books about networking, it's really like mm. it's it is those lessons that you're learning from those books is about emotional intelligence, but ultimately it's about manipulating people mm. to get what you want out of a relationship. So like a lot of the ways that they talk about networking is like have a genuine connection with someone, like find things that you're genuinely interested in that person, like listen well but at the end of the day at the end of the day it's all about manipulation it's never about the other person Mm. whereas actually empathy and emotional intelligence are about understanding that other person Mm. so you know how can I look after this person well rather than like how do I get something from this person I think Mm. for far too long we for for too much of our education we're spent thinking Mm. How do I strive? How do I strive? How do I strive? How do I strive to get mm. something out of this for me so that I can then be the best and I can mm. then be the person that everyone looks at and mm. everyone's like, that person got an A star. Well done, yeah. that person. Rather than actually, this kid in our class, like, he's really struggling. Like, mm. he's struggling to pay attention. Mm. He seems a bit uncomfortable. He seems distressed. Like, why is why is it that he's so moody all the time towards the teacher? Like, mm. why is it like rather than being like, oh, because he's a bad kid? Mm. It's like actually like, what if the there were other kids in the class who came around that other child? Was like, are you okay? Like, what's mm. going on? Like, do you mm. need us to help? Do you need us to mm. be there for you in some mm. way, shape, or form? Like, what do you need from us? Mm. What do you I need? Know, from... I think that does. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I think that does happen sometimes but depending on what the presenting behaviors are so like if you're yeah perhaps withdrawn or you're quiet I think you get help but I think if you express your your sadness your frustration your loneliness your unhappiness Mm. in anger you get Mm. labeled as a kid Mm. with challenging behavior you get Mm. excluded you Mm. get expelled you get sent to Mm. a people referral unit um Mm. and then all of that you know boils over into probably doing something that lands you in a um what are they called the um the prisons for young people I can't remember now juvenile center juvenile yeah that's it yeah Yeah, to a juvenile center and like the odds are stacked against you there if you're Mm. if you're a kid especially I would say especially a boy Mm. um and you experience abuse you experience hardship you experience poverty you Mm. don't experience fulfilling love in your home life or in other situations 
um, the odds are pretty, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. rubbish. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about creating a society that, that seeks to understand where that behaviour is coming from. It's about having mm-hmm. that empathy, especially mm-hmm. when you're a child. I mean, it's different mm-hmm. when you're an adult, but when you're mm-hmm. a child, having that understanding about where these feelings are coming from. You can't be an evil I don't think you can be an evil mm-hmm. child. People who've mm-hmm. murdered uh, people when they were children and you get kind of the press coverage of them being mm-hmm. these evil children who are, mm-hmm. you know, possessed by Satan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, that's like, at where, that just comes from such a simplistic view. What if you were that yeah. kid? What are those feelings mm-hmm. going on? And I think I would then, you know, just to kind of extend that, um to how we treat people generally I think we can all look into other people for the child inside them and to say what is that child feeling right now Uh, are you feeling yeah are you feeling scared you feeling anxious you feeling angry you feeling out of control uh, are you feeling uh, lonely sad all of these things because often these when people you know, when people have a trigger emotion into anger or into something else that's un- that comes out as a pretty ugly behaviour, it, mm. in my opinion, tracks back to when they were when they were younger. Something that made them mm. feel out of control, made them feel mm. powerless. And I think it's really interesting. Okay, this is just getting into like how I like to work as a social worker. <laughs> but I, I love think. It. Go on. I think it's really interesting to ask that person, like, how old do you feel right now? Like, in Mm. this situation, um, how old do you feel? Or when you're speaking to this person. And I think Mm. this can be helpful when you're thinking about speaking to people who are unkind or they're racist or they're Mm. asking unhelpful questions. Like, how old does that make you feel? So I think from there, you can then start learning to adjust your, your response to that person and um yeah protect yourself I think mm. yeah totally <sighs> mate so many I have so many thoughts oh. around my brain right go, now go 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 pick one I don't even know where to start <laughs> I don't even know where to start I think coming back to the to the introvert child because they do get mm. lost mm. I think I think I've learnt as someone who can be quite a loud person mm. can be lol <laughs> <laughs> I once said to someone like oh sometimes I can feel quite shy in situations and they just looked at me like oh, what are you talking about like, sometimes I feel shy yeah. but my default my default volume is 100% so <laughs> yeah you don't realize I, people how much we had to turn Philippa's microphone down to, yeah. to get it not to not to overload it's so true literally I'm like on 25% on my on my game um no but I have had to learn I'm saying this to all the people who like to be the queen or the king in the room and who likes the attention like look out for that quiet person Mm. look out for them Mm. do you know what I mean like they but I'm drawn to people who are quiet yes yeah me too I'm drawn to them like I'm drawn to those people but I think I think 
and I'm not trying to toot my own own horn here, but <sighs> I think it's because I do have a fairly good emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think for some people, they're not as self-aware, so then therefore, like, when they're in the room, they're owning the situation. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I'm owning the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important for people who do feel a little bit more confident to just take a step back and just be quiet mm. and just and ask that person a question uh, but having said that sometimes introverts really hate it when like the other person like so tell me about you yeah. and like why did you do that why do you hate me <laughs> I think yeah I think it's really important I would say in those situations obviously judge the room judge the person yeah. judge the yeah. language but yeah. also open questions guys like yeah none of these why why are you doing this or what's mm. like what's that about like mm. op- having an open question that is that then doesn't doesn't expect an answer so i think mm. if you are if you're asking a question and you've got an answer in mind that you think that person's going to come back with then you're mm. it's the wrong approach mm. like you need you need a question that could have all sorts of different answers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but I guess that that can also feel too scary as well in the situation yeah. um and you may want to start off with some lovely small talk yes <laughs> big fans yeah. of look at the but wallpaper also... isn't that nice <laughs> yeah I love your also... top <laughs> oh it's a nice job it's a nice job yeah um <laughs> I think also something else that I've noticed, particularly, you know, as we're going through, when I was going through my weird multiple job phase, a bit oh, of insecurity there. Yeah, that was not, um, that was not good. It was not good. You, but was it four worst, jobs? It was basically, yeah, four oh. jobs. Because I was doing Congo Tree, St Paul's, um, SBT and my music. Oh, not fun. That was gross. That was a gross period. Of I time. remember having chats with you on the phone. I was like, "Oh, you need to have less jobs." I think, yeah. I remember we went to we went for drinks. Oh, yeah. I went to a local brewery. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? And I was look, and you were looking at me like, <laughs> and I was like yeah. on the brink of tears. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just looking at me like, leave. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I can. <laughs> Um, but even talking to other friends who have been going through this limbo period post uni into job insecurity, mm. avoid. Like, I think questions that are more about passion mm. as opposed to vocation are so important. Mm. Like, that's so interesting. What are you listening to at the moment that's really yeah. giving you life? Like, what are you reading at the moment that's really giving you life? Like, I think having those kinds of questions, yeah, are so much nicer because yes. then. Because a lot of the anxiety that we have is, like, how do we present ourselves? Like, yeah, what edited version am I going to present today? Yes. Like, what version of myself am I going to bring to the table today? Like, am I going to bring the really successful version of me? And, I, and mm. if you don't have all of those in the bag, if you don't have that in the bag to pull out and be like, yes, when well, I just recently released <laughs> this single. Like, if you don't have that in the bag, yeah. it's like, okay, so what do we talk about now? Then yeah. it becomes awkward. So, like, yeah. just talk about things that are a bit more general, like, what are people watching? Like, what are you watching yes. on Netflix at the moment? Like, or what are you watching on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Or, you know, what are you reading? Or have yeah. you seen this show that's happening on BBC? Or, yeah, you know, like, having those questions. I, and then, again, it provides that connection because then you can connect to someone's 
interests mm, um, yeah. and allowing people to also like things that you don't like and allowing yeah. people to dislike things that you like yeah um it's okay if people don't like what you like and it's okay if yeah. you don't like what other people it's like it's better That's fine because then you can yeah. learn to chat to people who don't agree with you which yes. is a skill in itself such mm-hmm. an important skill yeah if you're all watching the same shows and all listening to the same music go try and find some different friends as well as well yeah. as those friends yeah like yeah try and chat to people who don't who aren't all in that space and um, you might even find yourself getting into music that you never thought you'd get yeah, into yeah totally totally so yeah i think having those kinds of conversations yeah. is really important and um i would I wanted to just pick up on something that you said just now when you said that you were drawn to the quiet person in the room. Um, mm. I, I, I know this is something we've talked about before, um, mm. but I have, I have like lots of people in my life who would probably say the same thing and I would say the same thing as well. And mm. I think when you are kind of a generally like empathetic person, I think you mm. can tend to get in a bit of a cycle of making friends that need help and you Mm. end up being a helper which is you know you know a really great thing it can be a really special friendship that um Mm. that you know doesn't have to be defined by that um Mm -hmm. but I think I would say to maybe a lot of people who struggle with over empathy which Mm. I would argue sometimes come comes from not loving yourself enough not having the boundaries that you should have Mm -hmm. in your personal Mm -hmm. life um I would say look at the friendships that you have around you Mm. what kind of conversations are you having do you talk much what's the balance like and if you've Mm. got if the majority of your friendships are basically free therapy sessions think about trying to you know expand your group of friends um Mm. and I would say that I have I have more friendships now that feel equal more friendships Mm. that I have that um I've made with other helpers like you Mm. (laughs) I would label you as a helper yeah Um, yeah we are both helpers yeah 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 and I think that can come from a people-pleasing thing Mm. And it can come from all sorts of places as well as, you know, positive, good places. Mm. Um, but I would always encourage people to mix it up, you know, have some people yeah. in your life that can help you to, that you can share that balance with. Um, yeah. And not um, get stuck in this thing of needing to help other people all the time, forgetting about yourself. Because I've mm. definitely done that. Yeah. It become it can become quite wearisome, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it can and it and I think it can it can make you lose sight of friendships, which actually are you know really special. Mm. Even some of those mm. ones where you are finding yourself supporting that person, you yeah. don't want to become embittered and to yeah. not value that friendship for what it is because you've got mm. too many other things going on. Or like you know, for, when I was doing my my degree and I was having to do that in my professional life anyway Mm. like then not having having less space for people in my personal life that I could do that with um and just trying to figure those balances out Mm -hmm. um yeah because you 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 know empathy starts with as we said like understanding yourself understanding your um 
your own strengths and weaknesses and mm. being at ease with yourself. Mm. And I think on the flip side of that, because mm. I've been in relationships where I've been the helped, mm. Mm. and then um, and by people who are over empathetic, mm. I think, um, and have then got into a position where I don't need to be helped, mm. and they've not then known how to be my friend. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, and it's been re and it's it was really it was a shock to me when I was like, oh, I'm I wasn't self sufficient, like I was still vulnerable. Like, I I I was still very able to be vulnerable, but I found it they found it a lot easier to be my friend when I was coming to them with things that I was yeah. struggling with, as opposed to thing, as opposed to like my moments of confidence. Oh, that's I was so like, interesting. Oh, this is a really so I think look out for that if mm. you're if you're used to being helped as well, like. Mm that's that isn't actually a healthy relationship because mm. they're they're like just as much as there needs to be balanced by the person that's helping you because that, that becomes codependency doesn't it yes yeah yeah so you need to you need to be you need to be around people who are helping you in a way that means that they, they want to see you grow rather than yeah. stay in that position so that they can be yes the helper all the time yeah yeah because um, then I think it can become a power thing as well. Yeah. Um, if someone's used to taking that position, it's then also probably, you know, oh, now do we have to start talking about my stuff? Like, I don't want to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not being able to face up to that, to those things, because they're used to, um, yeah, someone offloading yeah. on them. They don't have to think about their own stuff. Yeah. So I think just be careful about that as well. Mm. Um, Friendships are so complicated. (laughs) People, I think, they don't get given enough, like, I don't know, enough time. They don't give enough, no, they're not given enough air time. There aren't enough films about, or, because Friends is meant to be that, but actually when you watch it, like, the friendships (gasps) aren't actually that deep. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I love friends. (laughs) Okay, you love friends. I don't know if they're... I mean, it's for a very long time. Yeah. But I don't know about that. I don't know if the friendship quality sets you up for a good expectation of what friendship should be like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch it and have a look again. (laughs) But I think... I don't think there is enough. There aren't. There isn't enough. There aren't enough films yeah. out there, for example, yeah. that even that even depicts like just friendship without there being weird expectations of like everyone just agrees with everyone yeah. or everyone like it's just weird the way that it's certain things are done about friendship and yeah. I guess yeah. I guess probably the friends example. I think. Um... I guess it's not trying to do that. It's trying to be a light-hearted program. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I guess you can't really take. I would say you probably couldn't really take any kind of. You know, you you could not be with like your, with your friends the way in which they are with each other. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Can you imagine no. trying to do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey guys, da da da. <laughs> Literally. Also. <laughs> Go to freaking work. Yeah, yeah. Go to work. Yeah. Oh, the rest of us out here working be... three freaking jobs, man. Yes. And they must be weeing all the time with all the coffee that they drink. I know. Constantly. 
So yeah, I think the purpose of Friends isn't actually to be a, a depiction of like this is what friendship yeah. is. It is it is but, a good show for the like harsh aspect of it. Oh, but if yeah. you're if you're relying on it to sort of be your mm. reference because a lot of us some of us do mm. rely on TV shows to be our reference yeah. point in terms of okay, this is how I ought to treat my yeah. friends. It's like, okay, this isn't helpful and there isn't anything else helpful. Maybe I need to watch yeah. better TV shows. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Well people need to make ones that depict friendships in that kind of way. Like we talk yeah. about romantic relationships so much, but actually like the friendships are a lot I would say, like, my friendships are such a big part of the emotional support mm. I get, like, yeah. and it needs to be. I think if you're getting all your emotional support from within your relationship, yeah. you're then edging on dependency, um, yeah. and you need to think about, okay, what if what if we're not together anymore? Because most likely, average relationship time, guys, four years, like, most likely you're not going to be with that person forever and you need to have a you need to have an out and that's Mm. not saying that's not trying to that's not saying that something's going to fail I don't think an ended relationship is a failed relationship I think you can Mm. look at it for what it was at the time Mm. um but I think I think we need to we need to have the same um we need to nurture our friendships as much as we nurture our romantic relationships mm. um, because they're as important and you might not have as much time with those people as you might do if you're in a romantic relationship. Um, yeah. But you you really need them. <laughs> yeah, you and do. And you need to make sure that those people know they can rely on you as well yeah. um, for if things don't go how you expected them to. Or if they go exactly how you expected them to, but you don't know what to do next. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think if you have a good relationship with your family as well, I think it's important to not neglect that either. Definitely. Um, I know it's not, that's not always straightforward for everybody, yeah. but I think if you do have a good relationship with your family, or you have you have at least the basis to start on creating a good relationship with your family, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think definitely work on that as well is really important. Like, my family my mum and brother are my world Mm. you know um they mean a lot to me and so uh I think if it weren't for having a solid sisterhood and having a good relationship with my mum and a good relationship Mm. with my brother I wouldn't be in a position where I could be like I actually don't see the need for a a romantic relationship Mm. right now Mm. you know I think Mm. a lot of the time when we're looking for a romantic relationship I'm not trying to poo-poo them at all I think (laughs) there is so much value in them yeah yeah um but they're they're romanticized on film and tv and because they're created to be this thing that gives you all that you're looking for in another human being yeah in this relationship yeah and actually, if you had that support network around you, you'd realise that actually that what's been depicted in front of me is actually quite shallow oh, totally. compared to what I have right here, right now. Yeah, totally. And then and that envy just goes away mm. and you just feel I, I like I'm so relationally, you know, God willing this continues to be this way, like I'm so relationally mm. secure mm. that it's not something that I'm too concerned. And some people that I talk to, I'm like, oh, I'm not really looking at relationship right now. They look at me and like, they're like, like I'm an alien. Like I have <laughs> two heads or something. I'm like, and I think that's because of their, I don't know what their own relationships are like. I, I think, and that's, you know, if it might just be that they're so happy in their romantic yeah. relationships. They're like, oh, 
I, I want the same for you too, yeah. you know? Whereas yeah. I'm like, I've, I take much more joy in seeing like, you've got a really solid friendship network mm. because because I'm aware of how fleeting relationships can be. Like, you know, when you mm. see people, you know, people in and out of relationships, I'm like, I'm more pleased when I know like, you've got a solid friendship group. Yes. So I know that if yeah. this relationship ends, you've got people around you still. Yeah. You know, so like when I hear about that, I'm like, that I'm so happy to know yes. that you've got these people in your life mm. because that's more important than someone who might end up leaving you or mm. you might end up deciding this actually wasn't right for me, you know? Mm. Um, or you just both decide, like, yeah, we had to go our separate ways, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I say, this was just for a season, but yeah. I think those relationships, those those people that keep you grounded, us that family, mm is so important and I and I would like to be with someone you know I I do want to be when I when I'm with someone I do want to get married and do all that um it's important that they get on with my friendship group and they get on yeah. with my mum and my brother like that's so important that's you more important to me get you gotta get with my friends, friends. <laughs> exactly. I mean that's real talk right there thank yeah. you Spice Girls yeah <laughs> but seriously I think yeah. that means so much more to me oh, it's so important. than you being a perfect person or whatever whatever that well, is yeah I think yeah I think this kind of moves on to um something they were talking about in the um in the talk as well um about how depictions of love in films are always about how people got together and like mm. all people want to know is like oh like how did you meet like all this kind of stuff mm. because that's the kind of electric part of it I guess mm. mm-hmm. but it's not it's not actually love and Mm-mm. I think uh, I, I find it really scary when I have friends who go through that period. And mm. and I'm saying this as somebody who's in a um almost eight year long relationship and pretty <laughs> pretty um distance from that from that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I find it terrifying. Like the the kind of level of like hormones that people experience during that time. Um mm. you experience like higher levels like risk taking um you'll often have like um obsessive tendencies possessive tendencies you're more likely to um like neglect your friendships or your families you are kind of in this like weird state for I think it's like and I've looked at like psychology of this sort of stuff I think it lasts like yeah. one to two years yeah it does yeah you're right yeah oh nice you saturation see the same thing yeah yeah and like and often that's what we see on films mm, and that's mm. then, you know, perpetuates what we expect. And mm. people talk about like, oh, this must be love because I have these kind of really intense feelings for this person. Mm. And it's amazing, but it's awful at the same time. Mm. <laughs> and I can't stop smiling, but I can't stop crying. <laughs> mm. And it's like, I find that really scary when friends go through that, especially for the first time. Because yeah. it's like this fear of losing someone, isn't it? Am I going to lose you to this kind of weird thing that's going on here? And I think, like, yeah. when I've had friends that say, like, oh, you know, like, I was friends with this person and then, like, you know, one night we kind of got together and then, like, you know, mm. just kind of slowly progressed from there. I'm like, yeah, that feels mm. so much more stable. Mm. And that feels so much more you feel so much more able to deal with day-to-day life 
with that person than if you're used to this kind of electrifying thing that will fade Mm -hmm. um and I think it's often based on sorry um no go on go on yeah I think it's often based on power and uh feelings Mm. of like wanting to be owned and you know Mm. plays into all of that kind of gender stuff about um Mm. oh I could really go on about this basically read sex power money by Sarah Pascoe um okay everyone (laughs) it's all in there I'll just end up repeating Mm. it Mm. but yeah you go no, I love it. I love it, mate. You you were on a roll. <laughs> like me with Solomon last week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, this is what I feel really like. Yeah. I love talking about this sort of stuff. I have so many, mm. um, so many thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's yeah. great. No, but I was just thinking, and when you're in that phase, so like mm-hmm. there's someone like me who family and friendship is so important. Mm it's so easy to miss like if that person does speak to my friends in a really weird way I'm like oh you're actually really unkind to that person I really care about like it's so easy to miss that when you're caught up in that infatuation so if someone is if someone I'm with is really unkind to you Hannah Mm. but I don't see I don't notice it I don't it doesn't fully register because I'm so caught up in that feeling of like but I love this person yeah and so you're just trying to you're just against me it's like yes and you and you excuse them all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think like, I think when I think it's a real red flag when the people that you care about most don't quite don't get on with mm. your partner. Mm. And I've had this with a few friends. Um, and like, yeah, one of them I had to watch her being with this guy for two, two and a bit years, and mm. um, and it's hard because you I think you can you get distanced as well in that friendship by this kind of wedge mm. that cut, that can come between you um yeah. and obviously okay in this situation I'm talking about having a female friend that's in a heterosexual relationship and it's this mm. type of relationship I'm mm. not applying this to all scenarios um mm. but um I think it can feel like you you can lose someone in that sometimes and if yeah. and if you have that feeling I think that's a bit of a warning sign that it's not not quite right or yeah. not that I'm saying that you should ditch that or whatever I'm saying work on it try and yeah try and look at those feelings um yeah. and as someone who you know has I'm in a slightly strange position of having been in an eight year long relationship and I'm 22 um, <laughs> things can change if you can mm. if you can be honest and if you can talk about stuff you can make your relationship whatever the hell you want it to be so long as you've mm. got someone who is who you think is able to change and you're able to change yourself if yeah, maybe yeah. things aren't feeling right or mm. you know you want things to be different there are two people in that relationship you mm. you have the power to make it whatever you want to be and if you're not feeling that way then you know maybe it's not right um Mm. that would be yeah and my my kind of golden relationship advice is when you wake up every day you make a choice do I want to be with this person not necessarily physically but do I want to be connected Mm. to them emotionally um Mm. today in this moment um Mm. and monitor your answers um 
and you should feel like you're making an active choice to be with that person every day Mm. and to know that if you didn't want to be then you can get out of it and Mm. that's fine there's no shame Mm. there's no failure it's just run its course it's been what it needed to be for you and that other person um and you can move on wow (laughs) I love that I love that you I love that you and Gabe have because I know you guys have been through a lot yeah and I love that you guys are still together yeah um me too man it's great but oh yeah You're, you're both good eggs (laughs) <laughs> no it's a good you've worked hard and I've seen people you know not work hard yeah yeah um because that is ultimately that is what you've nailed it like love is not just that fleeting feeling it's a choice mm-hmm. yes yeah exactly it's a choice that you make every single day yeah and so when people are like what is love love is saying I'm here today Yes. And I'm and I'm gonna be here today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna take whatever you throw at me today mm. and we're gonna work through it together, you know? Yeah. yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why empathy is so important for yes. romantic relationships particularly, mm. you know. Mm. If if you're gonna if you wanna if you wanna do the long haul thing it if you want to be a married person, I'm, mm. I, sh- I really shouldn't talk about marriage because I'm not married. So actually, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about marriage because that's rude <laughs> to be like as an unmarried yeah. person. <laughs> I think that marriage is. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, so I'm going to let people in relationships talk about that. Mm. But as a single person, mm. I think single people you need to be okay with being single, and like mm. you're not a you're not a weird alien. Mm. If you have a solid group of friendships that are with you for you working walking with you through the ups and Mm. the downs being Mm. honest with you like don't have yes people yes people you don't need those people in your life you need people that are going to like question Mm. your actions and be able to challenge you on things that you've Mm. done and be able to say was that a good idea like maybe you should think about this instead like you need those people around you as well but all Um, the time whilst doing that holding you within a safe space that you feel you can explore that with you know, exactly. not to feel any of those kind of rejection things. I would just add in yeah. there. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's what's so great about my mum. My mum is mm. that person for me who mm. I know is always for me. She's mm. always been for me. She's watched me quit so many things and pick up so many different things. Mm. And it's like, I'm going to work two jobs so that you can do this. And then, oh man, my mum's a freaking hero. Aww. Um, But she's one of those people who has watched me do so many things and has always been at the sidelines cheering me on yeah um but then has been there for me and has been like Philippa are you sure you want to make this decision yeah because I know what you're, I know your personality like yes you need those people who are there for you yeah. who are like I know you yeah and I n- know you like to make random decisions yeah so let's think about this let's talk through it yeah. and then they're, they're also the people that are like okay you've made the decision I'm going to cheer you on so yeah. you need those people in your life yeah. who are going to question you, but then are still going to root for you, yeah. even if they're like, okay, we've talked through it, you made your decision, let's go for it, yeah. you know? And yeah, I th- totally. And I think like, I think often we have those people in our lives and we don't realise it. Like mm. we don't, we don't give the relationship the 
the time and the nourishment that it needs mm. for it to be able to serve that function in life we're not able to be vulnerable enough and mm. I think like I would just say to anyone just reach out make sure you mm. have those connections with people where you know they know you they know your past they know mm. your present and they know your hopes and dreams for the future and mm. they can support you in helping you understand yourself like I mm. I don't think I would understand myself very well at all if I wasn't able to you know say this kind of crap to you Philippa mm. and like ring up my sister every day and mm. chat to her and just sound off stuff and she'll be like mm. that doesn't sound very like you or like oh you mm. sound different or those mm. things that actually like it's so important in your friendships and also yeah. I think to safeguard your relationships you need that like yeah. you know you need to be able to say to that, say to a friend like oh I felt a bit weird today is this a bit of a red flag like he said mm. this to me or like mm. he did this or you know I'm gendering this again I'm aware um mm. but like you need those friends to be like oh it doesn't feel quite right or you sound yeah. a bit scared or you sound you know when we think about the context of domestic abuse and how prevalent it is yeah and how prevalent controlling and coercive relationships are one in Mm. three um we need to be there for our for our sisters and like Mm. you know also it does happen to men uh yeah i think we're chatting one in ten with men um so still really prevalent um did my dissertation on this friends Mm. (laughs) We need to make sure that we're able to safeguard those relationships with secure, lasting friendships. And if you mm. feel like you want to reject your friends after you've just got into a new relationship with these new feelings, just double double question that. Yeah, red flag. <laughs> just just reverse a few steps. Try yeah. and um. Try and just step out of that heady space of kind of intoxication with that person and just think, mm. okay. <laughs> why are my friends so unnerved or why do I not want to reach out to them in this moment um Mm. and yes and I would say the same to people who are perhaps perpetrating abuse um reach out to your friends and Mm. try and be more vulnerable and in that I think you can start to understand maybe why you're um acting in the unkind ways that you might be Oh, loads of stuff. <laughs> we did loads. We did the freaking rounds, man. I know. To be what fair, that we said? talk, that talk did the rounds. Yeah, do you that know what talk I mean? did like, do the rounds. Oh, I loved it. Do you know what I also love? Yeah. I love that it was Alicia mm. and Alan. They're two people from quite different yes. walks of life. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They they have different circles that they walk mm. in. Mm. But you've got these two people having this just enriching yes life-giving yeah. conversation yeah and they're so and respectful they are so respectful it's of wonderful. one another yeah it was such a beautiful thing I just it just filled me with such warmth in my heart yeah. so I was like me too. I love seeing this because yes. we don't see this enough and no. okay granted they are coming from very similar perspectives mm. so it's different mm. oh have you watched the Ken Loach one no not yet not yet oh. I'm excited because him and I can't remember Edouard, mm. Edouard, I think mm. it's Edouard. Um, it, they don't often agree, mm. so that was really enriching mm. and life giving. 
Um, although I, I really like Ken Loach as a person. Yes. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I just You're really like it. I just really like it as a person. Oh, you're real cute. <laughs> no, he's not real cute. That's patronising. <laughs> I really, I just want to hug him. And I Aww. just, because I feel like he's a nice person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's great. And he's clearly a very empathetic person to yeah. be able to make films like he does. Yeah, totally. He's clearly got a lot of empathy, totally. which is what I love about him. Yeah. Do you want to marry Ken Loach, Philippa? Queen of Mary Ken Loach. <laughs> Queen of Mary Ken Loach. That is an age gap and a half. I don't even know I mean, how old he is. Isn't he like 70? Whoa. Is he a sir? <laughs> is he... Is he Probably. He's probably got... Something like titles. that. Titles. You could have given um, him that title, Philippa, as Queen. I could have given him... That. I... <laughs> <laughs> I give her Zowie, Queen of England. <laughs> Queen of the UK, actually. Although, how long? <laughs> this is a whole other thing. We can't get into this now. We can't get into that. We can't get into that. Um, but yeah, so... Do I want to marry Ken I don't know. Who knows? We'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Send him an email. <laughs> He's doing a talk. You know, the Guardian do those talk thingies. Oh yeah. They do those. Com- he's doing one, and I really want to hear just all of his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Sit inside his head. Mm. Sit inside his head. Yeah, man. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, do you have any more thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Um, not really. No, I don't have any more closing thoughts. Wait, let me just have a look at my notes that I made. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that they said when people, um, he, he Alan, Alan would ask someone a question like, "How, hey, how are you?" and that, and the person would just respond, "I'm alive," mm. and like that's that's yeah. sometimes all someone needs to say. Yes, you yeah. Know? Sometimes that's enough, and um, I'm gonna say, "I'm alive." Yeah, nice, nice. How about yourself? Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. It's scary. Um, but it can open you up to a whole new world of love and friendship and happiness that you would struggle to find without being vulnerable. Um, mm. And I believe that everybody has the capacity to change and change into what um, they feel like would be fulfilling their, their best and most true self. Um, mm. And also, we all make mistakes you're never yeah. gonna be perfect. Um, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> We're all just trying to keep on with this. I don't know, train life of train life, train ride <laughs> of an train existence. Ride. I keep on I talking think I like about train life. Train life, yeah. Train. I keep We're on talking about trains because I've got this poster of um the Heart of Wales train line thing, like this <laughs> leaflet that's like right in front of me, and um it just. I just have a big connection with that part of the country and it makes me think about trains. Um, so that's what's going on in my head because I'm weird and it's okay. <laughs> okay. I like I liked that thought. I Thanks. like that thought. Thanks. And I like the term train life. Yeah, train life. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on this train life. <laughs> right, should we leave it there? Let's leave it there, why don't we? <laughs> 
both know. Thank you for listening to Greater, Stronger, Wiser, Two Overthinking Musicians. We'll see you next week. Too tricky to handle. Too tricky to handle. I'm too tricky to handle. Too tricky, I'm too. Hey, hey. Hello. I've been singing myself a song. Oh, what song? <laughs> Coolness, yeah. Cool, cool. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Mate, I love it. <laughs> Thanks. That's a, cool, that's a cool song. Yeah. Cool song. <laughs> it's going to be on my new EP, yeah? Oh, <laughs> I'm here for it. Coolness. Coolness. And that's what all the yeah. kids walk into. Oh, I'm yeah, not sure. yeah. Mate, no, that is your campaign song as you're campaigning to become MP. <laughs> before you become... Coolness. Do you want to be cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm here.